0: Welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we are going to break down what happened at Jack Trice Stadium this past Saturday night. And of course, we will touch on the... Kansas State Farmageddon, big matchup last game of the regular season this Saturday in Manhattan, and we'll talk some ball as well. But of course, if you are listening to this, you know that we are brought to you by BNC Fieldhouse. Head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. We were recording this on Monday. It will be released on Tuesday. So head on over there for Taco Tuesdays, where they have $5 quesadillas or nachos, two-for-one drinks and $3 Coronas. And, of course, if you are not heading to Manhattan this Saturday, head on over there for the Farmageddon matchup. It'll be a big one. Of course, support our boy Ben. We really appreciate what he's doing. And without further ado, I don't know. This might be a little bit of a gloomy episode. You know, it's 7 a.m. here in Kansas City. The sun is still not up, and it doesn't even look like it's going to come out at all today. I, I, I just I feel the seasonal depression hitting me. And a bad loss to or I don't know if, if bad is the word I want to use, but a a gut wrenching loss to just the assholes in Austin, Texas it was, it was just not a great way to enter into my week. But, you know, young team against a really, really talented team. You can you can just see that watching the game. Newt, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think watching the game that, to start. I don't think there's a team I'd rather like would least like to lose to than fucking Texas of all teams in the Big 12. I I think everyone always wants to beat them. They're annoying. um, They're douchers in all elements of like online, fan base, everything. Like they're egotistical, whatever. We all know what Texas is. So, yeah, I think going into the game, it's one where you really want to win that game. Um, And I think kind of the key takeaway from this was that We were just a little bit overwhelmed um, by Texas uh, at the line of scrimmage. Just overall, I think, Mm -hmm. talent on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I think we still put up a good fight, but it was one of those where you're kind of like, okay, when are the floodgates going to open? Because this is, you know, we're struggling or we're asking a lot on our defense here right now. Um, And I think that's kind of the key takeaways. Yeah, I think... You know, you could just say that Texas was Texas looked like a top 10 team. And, you know, it's hard to beat a top 10 team.
0: It is. I think um, there was a couple things that I was pretty impressed with Texas on. They didn't really make the major mistake that I was kind of expecting. You know, um, Jeremiah Cooper, having him back was phenomenal. You know, forcing that fumble was big. Um, then Then you get some things like blocked extra point. That's a three point swing right there. I I mean, when when you're you close in on what should be down three points, you can really feel good about that. But having it blocked, then being down five points at the end of it, then returning it all the way down to the end zone for two points. That was kind of the the momentum swing where it was it really just felt deflating in Jack Trice Stadium, you know. We did come back and we, you know, later had the nice trick play to, was it Easton Dean? Yeah, on senior night, that was a hell of a play call. But at at the end of the day, you know, when we have just as many, if not more mistakes than they do, when I think our avenue of winning is through disciplined football, you, you, you can't win, especially when, put a point blank period. They're, they're more talented than we are just being on the, you know, watching it in the stands, you could see the players were just massive. And they're, like you said, they're dominating the line of scrimmage on both, both ends felt Quinn Ewers was getting some good pressure from our D line, but man, our, our own line was just struggling so much against that defensive front. They're really good. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty
1: hard to win a football game when you have Nine rushing yards. <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I don't think that's anything that's uh, too groundbreaking here to say, but uh, I mean, I think, like you kind of said, I, I think honestly the the block uh, extra point was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, i I think that was by far the biggest momentum shift of the of the game. and it was one of those times where it's like, hey, the crowd's into it. We're down, potentially only a field goal. and then, you totally lose all of your momentum after like a nice drive and you get right back to Texas and they score within the like three minutes after that. So I just thought that was, yeah, that one was really rough to, to have um, in the game. And, you know, I think that kind of leads to special teams a little bit, even at the same time with, uh, you know, I thought, our punt teams really struggled. We got pretty lucky mm-hmm. on that block in the back call because you could say that that is, uh, it wasn't very, uh, wasn't really related to the, like in the the zone of the punt returner. Um, yeah, like it, it, didn't, it wouldn't have really impacted the play. Um, I'll take the flag, but like watching that back, it was like, we, we got really lucky in, in that was that one where it's like, I think, and they, they had multiple good punt returns. Punt team
0: really struggled this week. They did. Xavier worthy, man. He's got speed. He's got speed. Yeah. after that punt return, my dad and I looked at each other with just this gross look of, I don't feel worthy to have that flag, but I will take it and run with it. Um, you know, Beck, for the most part, I thought he was really good. I I thought his pick was kind of just a a freshman interception where Jalen Noel was open. He was just a second too late. And when you're a second too late, you need to throw it way, you need to way overcompensate your throw, you know, throw it to the point where it's probably not even going to hit Jalen, you know, Noel's hands, but he, he just didn't throw it in the right spot. And he was just a hair late, but it was technically the right lead or read, but I personally speaking here, I was more impressed with Rocco throughout the night than Quinn. I thought Quinn was hitting guys who had five yards of separation. And I thought Rocco was you know, throwing tight window throws. He passed Brock Purdy's um, passing touchdowns as a freshman record. Again, I, I think we touched on this last game, but you know, Rocco maybe had a couple more games to do that, but either way, I I, I really liked the way Rocco played and I saw you know, sometimes when you lose like a really emotional game in Texas, you see some pretty bad takes. I'm victim of it all the time, too. But I saw a lot of uh, Cyclone fans, you know, saying Beck played terrible and Nate had, it, you know, called a terrible game. I I felt the exact opposite. I felt, you know, Shilhaas did pretty much what he had to do in order to keep everything close. Um, you know, when we saw that the run game wasn't really working, I would say for the most part, he adjusted. But at the end of the day, you still have to run the ball like even like 15 percent of the time, even if it's not working, just to pull the linebackers up at the start of the play and allow some play action. So I honestly thought Rocco and Nate had a really good game for the most part. I just thought, you know, one mistake on Rocco's end, maybe not the perfect game on Nate's end. But I don't know. I wasn't too outraged by our offense, honestly.
1: No, I, I think, um, I don't know if you can be outraged. I think it's just a more of a frustrating element. You know, we could not do shit on the ground. And when you no. cannot do that, you become extremely one-dimensional, and that makes it hard on you know Rocco uh, and the receivers in general. I, I still thought that you know they did a pretty good job with it despite kind of not having an entire element of their passing game. um. You know, I think the thing that was a big part of this game, too, is that it it was just kind of a tale of two halves a little bit where the first half was it's kind of weird that it was six to three. And the last scoring possession was like right at the end, Um, the field goal that he originally missed on his first kick. And then he got a second opportunity and made it, which was very rough uh, to have that going in half. But um, it just seemed like it was one of those games that, yeah. Yeah. the defense had like X amount of stops in them and it then just hit this point that, you know, Texas kind of broke through, was able to dictate the game a little bit more in the second half. And, you know, that's, that's just how, how the cookie crumbled here.
0: So. I was surprised on all, I mean, I don't really like to just put it this way, but I was surprised how badly our DBs were getting burnt. I mean, TJ is phenomenal. And TJ did pretty well for the most part. But there is a couple plays where you you, you saw even TJ get cooked. And, oh, man, I I think that was what was really frustrating because Sark Sark was calling a really good game. I I thought for the most part, as far as his offensive play calling, it was, you know, pretty hard to beat. And, and yeah, like there was, you know – Oh, my God. Xavier Worthy had a great game. And I can't remember the dude's name, number 14. Um, I think his number was 14, but there's there another receiver I'm totally forgetting right now. He was running open every single play, and Quinn didn't even get him the ball half the time it fell. And so it, it, that was kind of what was really frustrating because I, I forget when I go to these games how much more you can see. And because, you know, when you're running routes, you can't really see any of the route tree on the TV but man at least watching in person it felt like every single pass play they had someone wide open and honestly Ewers missed a handful of them for the most part he got it to the right guy though so i uh, it was just it was really frustrating because the entire game it felt like i don't really know if we're going to stop these guys and for what it's worth in the first half we were you know the defense was finding ways to you know prevent them from getting points on the board. So I, I thought the defense for what we were stacked up against wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, just, I don't know, man. Like, they, they're just a better team. At the end of the day, they're just a bigger, faster, better team than us, and that that's what was tough.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the best way to put it. You know, we talked about it. We can return 20 of 22 starters the next year. We're young as hell. Anyone at the start of the year, if you would have told them, hey, second to last game against Texas. If you win that, you have a shot to potentially play in the big 12 championship. Every single cyclone fan is taking that like a hundred times out of a hundred times heading into this football season. And so I think we've talked about this before, but it's, it's one of those things where expectations shift as the year goes. And sometimes yeah. there's a little bit of a reality check that needs to occur because it's like, you know, sometimes there's a good reason why your expectations were somewhere. Um, And yeah, we we were hyped, you know, we say, you know, it's Jack Trice at night, ranked opponent, scary, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, And I think, you know, Jack Trice is a a great environment for that. But, you know, you, you really have to play about a perfect game. You really have to kind of dominate some turnovers, be able to dictate a little bit. And we just saw as the game kind of went on that Texas was doing that more. We were having to, you know play catch up, play against them. You know, we don't play well playing catch up. We really don't. Uh, I think that's just no. been proven that we cannot play catch up. We, uh, not, not in our, uh, you know, our wheelhouse. So yeah, I, I would agree. Texas, Texas just came in, like kind of took care of business, but they, you know, the, the clones fought and we said that they were going to fight. And it was nice to see that, you know, I think it'd be much worse if it was kind of a blowout or, or whatever, but, you have to give some props to Texas and also you can say that, you know, the Cyclones for the most part put out a, a pretty good effort. So,
0: yeah, I really just want to almost reiterate how much I disagree with any Cyclone fan who was pretty disappointed in Rocco's performance. I mean, geez, they knew we were throwing the ball the entire second half. He's a young quarterback and the, Honestly, our, our receivers were mostly open, but no, no, let me rephrase that. They mostly weren't open the, he was just making tight window throws after tight window throws and the pressure of the entire world felt like it was on his shoulders and he answered the call. I mean, he did a really good job moving us downfield, you know, completing passes, living to see another down, moving the chains and I was really impressed by Rocco. If you're looking at the box score, you see that one interception. But other than that, he had over 300, you know, passing yards. I I was really impressed by him. By the way, it was Jordan Whittington, number 13 for Texas. He was running free the entire time. I think it was because we had TJ Tampon, Xavier Worthy, you know, throughout most of the game. And and yeah, he was just running free. Um, Another disclaimer, I was very wrong. I don't know where I read that Quinn Ewers was out for the season. He clearly was playing yesterday. Um, I talked with other people while I was tailgating. They're like, yeah, I saw that too. So I don't know where the hell I saw that, but clearly I was wrong. Clearly. So my bad there. Bad scouting on my part. (laughs) Just, Just some housekeeping items. I'm a big dumb idiot. Oh, yeah. And now I'm 0 for 3 on my big game predictions. 0 for 3.
1: Oh, I, that reminds me, I almost hit this one, uh, nail on the head. I said twenty-seven, seventeen, Texas, and it was 26, 16. So, um, yeah, I, I, guess, uh, my kind of last point here is, um, and it's just kind of to pile on what's been going on recently, but I saw some fans put up a photo of, uh, suck up, uh, end zone here and just, it being totally bare for the most part compared to the rest of the stadium no during the game. Um, and the people choosing to sit inside and, and drink their little beer and and exactly what Jamie Pollard wants is like elitist dream, I guess. But I, I think that's really frustrating. I don't know to see as a fan that there's even like people not like it wasn't even cold. It was like a 50 degree night. Um, it was a great much, night, much colder games. Uh, and you, can't even go out in the stands and like cheer on a team for a really big game. Like that's, that's really frustrating. And you know, I'm sorry, but that's like, it's not college football. Get the fucking like sweet bullshit out of here. Like go out and support your school. Um, stay there, cheer. Like, I don't know. I think that's just like a really frustrating element. And we've already kind of seen that Pollard's been kind of annoying with all the the beer sales and, keeping exclusive to this. And I think that's just another uh, thing to add to that uh, annoyance with how he's kind of doing
0: things a little bit. So another thing I didn't notice just being at the game, but I I know that there's been quips with that all year. Um, Yeah. That's frustrating, man. I mean, how how else do you want to peg it aside from just being a little elitist and, you know, just kind of making us feel like pawns out of all of it. Um, yeah, I don't know, no, dude. Maybe maybe if, if they just sell beer, I'd get over it. But bring back the hillside. <laughs> yeah, man. That's frustrating. I, I I did not know that. That that is very annoying. Um, you know, Brees Hall is in Steve Sarkeesian's head. Maybe it didn't work out in our favor because, like I said, they looked mostly disciplined throughout this game. But um, At at the very end of the game, he said, you know, I I still think about that quote, five-star culture over five-star talent. And now we got both. I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. I, I guess now is the time to capitalize on it when you're having a good season, when you've lost only one game, still have college football playoff hopes. So, you know, maybe now is the time to let that quote out. But I don't know. I mean, do, yeah, no. we, do we want to say Texas has an established culture after like no. one good season after they finally put all of their really high caliber talent to good use? Are we ready to say that after one season? I'm not, absolutely not. I, mean.
1: um, I would also like to um, make the point that if you want to talk shit after the game to the teams that lost you better have been talking shit before the game because it's like the lamest fucking thing in the world to be like going and we we get it every time we lose like every time we lose there are people then in our account that will find the tweet from like three games ago or three days ago leading up to it where we're like we're gonna kick texas's ass or like you know all this kind of stuff and they're like yeah how'd that work out you know like ha 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 like uh horns up it's like Seriously, like, say that in the middle of the week and then follow it up. Be like, yeah, yeah I'm back if my you believe, team it, and I talk that say shit. with your chest. Yeah, say it with your chest. Like, there's nothing more, like, weenie-ish to do than to, like, wait and perfectly see the result. And then be like, oh, we got you guys. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's one of my pet peeves. Like, we obviously are a social media account that we're going to, you know, like, talk a little shit, you know, make things a little exciting, get a little spicy with it. We're always going to back the Cyclones. And when you win, we will talk that shit after it too. When we lose, like, we'll be accountable for that too. We're accountable in here. We're like, hey, Texas better. But the people that like come out of the woodwork once their team wins and they weren't saying shit before it, it's just like the smallest little pet peeve of mine to like just see these interactions and engagements where it's like, you know if, if i had a top 10 team uh, going into the road somewhere and was favored by 8 points i would have been talking shit the entire week and we were in the opposite uh you know we were talking shit and we were the 8 point home
0: home underdogs so dude i was talking shit to ohio to ohio <laughs> and i lost and i owned it yeah like if you feel confident about your team going into it then yeah talk shit it's football it's sports who cares if you're wrong at the end of the day who actually does. But yeah, it's, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was about to, Oh, that was what was so frustrating. And then yeah, Texas fans stormed the cycle and social media account. And first of all, none of them said anything even clever. Like, okay, no, they're not, sh- they're not dude. That's the worst part. If you have the win, At least be clever about it. At least be funny about it. None of it was clever. They're like, horns up. You guys suck. I'm like, nice, dude. Oh, Burnt us. Good for you, dude. That was so damn frustrating Um, on that topic. I didn't talk about it last week because I really didn't want to give it any more press than it got. I was not a fan of Jared Hufford's comment. I thought it was. No, I like it as far as. Maybe saying that after the game, like when you're a player, it's different. Like we're, we're a social media account. You can't be giving people
1: bulletin board material. Yeah. It's it's very simple. And especially when you're the underdog, like, yeah, you want to fly below the radar. You want Texas to come in here thinking that they're going to cruise or be like, oh yeah, we're Iowa States, you know, they already have what four losses on the year. Like we're, we should have no problem with this. And then, yeah, you kind of like you poke the beast a little bit and it's like, yeah. How about you poke the beast on the football field when like at halftime you're tied three, three or whatever, you know, like I, I, I agree. I, I despised seeing that. Like, like as soon as I saw that was a thing, I was, I was just like, this is not good.
0: <laughs> not good. I, and I mean, they already have enough motivation. They have the college football playoff hopes still intact. Um, Clearly they're the conference championship front runners. We could have knocked them out of that if we would have won. Um, you know, I think they would need some help next week as well. But they had more to lose than we did. We were more than likely not going to make the conference championship, even if we went out. Um, and and I think, yeah, you, you don't want to give a team, and let's just say it out loud, that's already more talented, that already has more resources, that already has a 20-yard head start. And even like a 30-yard head start. That That's additional motivation. They just don't need... And the, the worst part was I agreed with everything he said. Oh, like he hit the nail on the head. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Okay. But was not a fan of that before the game. Um, You know, if, if you want to get that out there, Jared, our DMs are open. We're, we're very okay to just put out that monologue on our page. So that way it's it's not coming from an Iowa State player, you know, just days before kickoff. But you could tell they're motivated. And I mean, you know, the the some Texas players online were, you know, and talk, talk some shit back beforehand, basically just saying, all right, wait for the game. And they did. And they're better than us.
1: Yeah. And, uh, particularly that unit got smoked because we only yes. ended up rushing for nine yards. So he, he definitely motivated that D line <laughs> yeah. a bit. And I, I'm sure, I am sure he got uh, a lot of shit, talked to him on the field too, as that was going on. So, um, yeah, yeah that one that did not work out i'm not a fan of that and i wouldn't be surprised if matt campbell was not a fan of that either and no probably, probably said something as well because that's just yeah you don't need to poke the beast you don't wake up the beast like no. i hate calling texas a beast texas can go fuck itself i would just like to reiterate that um but they're they're the better team like you don't You're the team that needs that little motivation. Like if Texas says something like, oh, we're about to go play a little scrubby Iowa State who hasn't won a conference championship since 1912. Like we're not worried about them. That's great for us. (laughs) Like, awesome. Because we're the team that's going to be playing with like this momentum and like trying to play off momentum and being an underdog and stuff. Like the last thing you can do is like if that's your only potential advantage over Texas is to give them that advantage back, you know? (sighs)
0: Huh? Not, not our best move. Um, not our best move, but it's in the past. Um, I just want to reiterate, dude, you you could even say, okay, think about this game going into the season. You see the hype with Texas every single year. Heisman hopeful Quinn Ewers five-star talent everywhere against a team that was just coming off their most scandalous offseason probably of all time. I mean, in my lifetime, the most scandalous offseason. And super young team, freshman quarterback, you just look at that script, per se, and you think this is going to be an ass-kicking from start to finish. So, I mean, if if I want to play the petty game, I would say Iowa State still did better than they should have against this team, against the resources that Texas has um maybe that's some loser talk no that's definitely loser talk it's loser it talk is. It, is. it is it's loser, loser talk.
1: talk yeah uh um, <sighs> i i will say like we talked about expectations moving and mine have moved it's like hey uh um, yeah we're, we're a bull team now and i expect them to compete with some of the the top teams in the big 12 and you know Going into this K State game, I do expect them to be competitive, and should like I hope that they perform. Like I, I like I've hit the point now where I, I would obviously be disappointed if Iowa State lays a big stinker. You know, like they have against Ohio or um, you know even Iowa. I was that was a really disappointing game to watch. So mm. um, I, yeah, I, I think there's a balance of like quote unquote, loser talk or trying to take take some wins from the loss. Yeah, it's great to see that we were able to like stay in the field with Texas, but we want to win. you know it's it's very simple. We're not saying like we're okay with the win because' never okay with a win. But at the same time, you're also pretty happy with where the clones are and what they've been doing this season and and how they've been competing. though so they still yeah. don't really beat a top team in the big twelve. So
0: they've grown a lot. I, I man, I it's been fun watching back. Yes. Man, he's fun watching. Okay. Um, moving on. Any last points before we close the horns down? book? horns down forever, by the way. Like this, this doesn't change anything. I'm, I they're stu- they going to go to the back.
1: SEC, and they're going to be Bama and Georgia's little. They're just going to get. It's not going to be fun for Texas. So
0: they're going to beat them once every four years, and then they're going to be like, oh yeah, we go crazy. Okay, sure. No, I, I, I. Are they still our least favorite team in the SEC? I mean, I don't think anything is going to change. I think at the end of the day, they're still going to be my least favorite team. They're maybe my least favorite team in, like, behind Iowa, probably.
1: And Texas is yeah. honestly more annoying because they have Shout all the resources Hufford. and they're still terrible. <laughs> like, that's what's. Dude, man. Like, all if right. I was a Texas fan, I'd be intolerable because I'd be like, we have $250 million in our athletic revenue every fucking year, and we can't even go on the road. <laughs> and like, we can't even, we have less Big 12 championships than like K State or TCU. <laughs> like, fire everyone. Like, and it's true. And you get five stars, like yearning, year, they're just like swimming in five stars, and they still can't do shit. They are, they are truly the underperformers that like, You know, you can say whatever. SEC is obviously stronger than the Big 12. Like, we're not going to deny that there's some, they've won every national championship for however long at this point, or they're in the national championships, whatever. Texas is going to struggle. Like, they haven't even, like, because the thing is, they haven't even dominated the Big 12. Oklahoma smoked them over, like, the last decade plus. Texas hasn't been relevant since Vince Young in 2005. It's 2023. Like, you know, I just, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see the kind of reality wake up call they have because they've always been a big fish kind of swimming in a small pond. And now they're in a large pond and they're a probably a regular size fish, maybe a little bit bigger in their, their minds. But, um, and I don't, I don't think it's going to go as well for them as they might hope it does. So
0: they've always been the big fish in the small pond getting eaten Alive <laughs> yeah. by <Nimbledon>. minute, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like <laughs> just a little bluegill going and taking some blubber away from them. Yeah, I, I mean, aside from Texas AM, they're probably the most wasteful of their resources. But um,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. I think um, there's also uh, like, can we just put this out there? There's the curse of leaving the Big Twelve. Like, oh, there is. yeah. any teams that have left the Big Twelve. Have honestly gone to their conference and been irrelevant. Nebraska, Colorado came back because they hated their previous their old lover that much. Like they're like, hey, I, I got to get back here. Mizzou was like relevant for
0: one second in the SEC. They're they're doing I was, well
1: this year. I they're do have just to now
0: here. climbing out of it. They're just yeah. now maybe starting to find relevance. Texas
1: A&M is probably the biggest laughing stock in all of college football. Like you said, they have so much talent. They just had to. F- pay coach 77 million to not coach there um and yeah I, I think a lot of these programs institutions think the grass is greener and the big 12 is the greenest grass because we're biased but there's also a nice little curse of the big 12 over these schools and i will keep rooting for this curse to be so goddamn strong so
0: horns down horns, horns down okay talking k-state um, I'm giving myself a long pause here because I'm not gonna go out on a limb. You know you you take three three pointers. you you miss the first two three pointers. Sometimes you gotta take a third. but when you when you you know brick your third three pointer in a row, you gotta be done shooting for the day. So that's me. i'm I'm done shooting three pointers for the rest of twenty twenty three and I'm back on my shit in twenty twenty four I told you guys that. But Gay State, I, I don't I don't want to say I'm feeling bad about it. Of course I'm not feeling good this morning. It came off a disappointing loss. But at the end of the day, I, I think Kansas State's one of those teams where we typically play them close, even despite the fact that over the past 13 years it's been a lopsided win-loss, you know, history. But for the most part, it's a fun game. It's a close game. I just um I just think they're very well developed all around. I think they're a very disciplined team. I don't know if I feel great going into it, but I think it's kind of one of those anything can happen type games. I don't know though. going to Manhattan is a really play like a hard place to play. Um, yeah, I can't say I'm feeling good about it, but i I think I think we're gonna go in there and be competitive. I don't think we're gonna come out with a win necessarily, but it should be a good one.
1: Yeah, I mean, K-State K- K is, I feel like every Iowa State fan probably has, like, you know, they always get a little worried for the K-State game. Farmageddon has not been kind to us, except for maybe in the, the more recent years. Like, pre-COVID, though, Farmageddon was rough. Um, you know, lately, it's been better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this K-State team is good they Kleiman is an amazing coach you know, hats off to him he's done a great job at, at k-state after coming from north dakota state and just having a dynasty there and k-state's you know still kind of i think they are very much on the outside looking in for the big 12 uh championship i actually i don't think they can even clinch it because of texas winning now but you know this team's still good. Um You could arguably say they're playing some of the best football in the Big 12 with their only loss in overtime at Texas um, over the last like month and a half. Um, And so, yeah, I would agree. I am worried about this game. You know, traveling to Manhattan, uh, I think we're double digit underdogs um, as well and kind of coming off a big emotional game at Jack Trice that I think you could say they we might not be. Whatever, as maybe ramped up to go play K State as we might hope to be. So, those are kind of we'll get there. Yeah, those are kind of my my thoughts and takeaways on it. Um, you know that I think it's gonna it's gonna be a tough Farmageddon for for the clones, I think. So.
0: So I talked with some of my K State friends because I I was wanting them to prove me wrong about my stance on Farmageddon. Um, At the end of the day, they said, yeah, we'd rather have the KU, K-State rivalry be protected than Farmageddon. But they still agree. Farmageddon should have been protected. Um, They just like the rivalry because we're we're very similar. I I think most Iowa State fans know this. If you don't know it, guess what? The reason you hate them is because they're very similar to us, Okay, (laughs) You know, a bunch of ag-hardworking, blue-collar people who are generally nice. I'd like to think both K-State and Iowa State as you know, pretty passionate fan bases. And I don't know. We we like our football. We like to drink beer. Okay. It's it's a good rivalry. Um, you know, they get out for this game too. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't know exactly our presence in Manhattan this weekend, but it's it's one of those games that does just electrify the conference, I feel like you mentioned it's played in Rivalry Week. It's it's a big game, it's fun. Um, you know, I love their use of Avery Johnson. I think Will Howard is just a really outstanding QB, but Avery Johnson kind of reminds me of that Taysom Hill type QB, but what were you going to say?
1: Well, I was told by someone on this podcast that farmageddon isn't like that big of a deal. No, I never said it wasn't that that big of a deal. Wasn't that, didn't that happen? My, okay. Ever, but and now I'm
0: I'm hearing a different song right now. Like that's wild. Like, Hmm. I'm saying I'm just, if if we're going for conference rivalries, I don't want to play second fiddle. I think there's a better conference rivalry out there that we should pursue and that we should start anew. And that's O'Keefe <laughs> State. I love I love the K-State rivalry. <clears throat> Again, it should have been protected. I need to say that more, I guess. But I don't like playing second fiddle to Kansas and it's true. They would prefer to be rivals with Kansas than Iowa state if there's one protected. And so my whole thing is I know Oklahoma state, Iowa state hasn't been like an official rivalry per se, but Oklahoma's leaving the conference. We've been incredibly competitive over the past, I would say, you know, over a decade, I would like to just start a new, a new conference rivalry with Okie State, I still love the Farmageddon thing. That can still be a rivalry. We can still have the name everything. I just don't like playing second fiddle, man. Sue me. I, I don't want to. I, be... I had to bring it up. Uh, yeah, Look, I know you did.
1: It's Jimmy piled up fault. this morning. You didn't fight enough for Farmageddon. I I can guarantee you, you bent over backwards on that one. Um, oh yeah,
0: dude. <laughs> I hey, it's because Iowa State year. fans
1: <laughs> don't buy tickets to Kansas State games. You know, Iowa State fans aren't passionate enough to have a rivalry like that protected. So
0: that's why I know, said that I want Iowa State fans need to come to Manhattan. Prove Pollard wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong.
1: But they have to officially buy their tickets from the Iowa State athletic department. Otherwise, it doesn't count as an Iowa State fan going to the game, according to Jay Pollard. So that's lame. <laughs> uh, that was his reasoning. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to get you off track there a little bit, but... No, you're good. Uh, I, I,
0: I yeah,
1: I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Had to do it. Had to do it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think the best element of Farmageddon is it's like the only historic matchup we have where we're actually better than the other team in it. Um, <laughs> we have like a winning record <laughs> against another institution, um, and that is against K-State. So... Um, that's why I'm going to keep farm again. You know, it's just, it's always a win for us historically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about our lifetime.
1: No, no. K-State's made some good ground
0: recently, but um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I like Will Howard a lot. I I've been watching him more this year. I would say last year, I kind of just thought he was the standard pocket quarterback. Um, I've been watching him dude he he's got wheels man he's a way better runner than i you know thought and, and I, I i don't know i i just i got a lot of respect for i would just say like how they conduct their offense as a whole um i don't feel like they make a ton of mistakes maybe someone could prove me wrong but i, I don't i don't feel like they have a ton of ton of penalty yards at least when i watch them play but it, it, it's just gonna be one of those i feel like it's gonna be one of those grind it out type of matchups. I don't think it's going to be particularly super high scoring. Um, Do you have score predictions? Do we have the line? I haven't seen it yet.
1: I have the line. I unfortunately did see it on Twitter though. So you're, you are welcome to get it though.
0: Over under, I'm going to put it at, I don't think it's going to be a ton of points. I think it's going to be. Um, 21, 17 K State is my prediction, and I I, I bet the line is going to be. I don't I don't think the line is going to be set that low. I think the line is going to be at 42 and a half. Um, That's low.
1: That's really low. You do realize that?
0: Yeah, I do. But would you like to tell me? Or would you like me to tell you what it is? I know n- now you react that way. I'm like, that that must be way too low. Well, your line. your guess
1: is done. You've already you've already entered your answer. This isn't Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where I asked you a final answer. Um, I'm just gonna, <laughs> and I can't I'm go, going go to tell you that it was it's 47 and a half.
0: 42 and a half? That's eh, not yeah. 47 yeah.
1: and a half. You said 42. I don't
0: trust any of my inhibition this year. I've been so wrong all year on all of my predictions. 47 and a half. Okay. I think the spread's going to be favorite right now. They're a what point favorite? 11. They're an 11 point favorite. Okay. I was going to guess six and a half. Look, look at me wrong everywhere.
1: We're off. That's all right. It's actually gone up to 11 and a half. Wow. They're giving, I would say a lot of
0: points. Is it messed up that I would just want to, I wanna pound the table on Iowa State spread. It's always bad. I, I don't bet against the cyclones. That's or bet
1: for the Cyclones. I I can't bet Iowa State games. There's already too much like going on that then the exchange of money just makes it either it just makes it much worse if it goes goes wrong.
0: So my two rules is don't bet on uh, Colts, don't bet on cyclones unless I, I think I give myself like two passes per season. If I just see a line and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to take that, which I, I don't have a, a record of this by any means, but I feel like I'm 75%. If I ever bet the Cyclones, I, I never lose my bets. I thank goodness. Did I didn't you, Did you bet, bet him against my, year. yeah,
1: I was, I was just about to ask. Didn't you I thank goodness. I that? did not
0: actually bet that game. Cause I, I would have put an entire paycheck on that. That one would have been bad if I actually followed through on it. Um, no, yeah, my, my guess is, 2117 K State over the Cyclones. I think we keep it close enough. I, I, I just think I think it's gonna be more of a grinded out type ugly ish game. How are you feeling?
1: I don't feel great. I, I'm gonna say I, I think it's gonna be a like a 31 ten game, K State. Oof. I,
0: I Is this don't know. your first blowout you're predicting.
1: Probably, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think we're gonna be flat, and I, I'm worried that K State's gonna be ready. And it's a night game. It's in Manhattan.
0: Um, I another also, night game, by
1: the way. No, they're putting us in primetime. We're on, we're on With Fox, again, I believe. Um, and I just, I think, I think K State is another like good team. Like, and yeah. I'm sorry, but we haven't beat what I would classify as a good team this year, yeah. honestly.
0: We've, Oklahoma we've, State's not a good team.
1: We also got Oklahoma State when they were playing bad, like, which they randomly did to get smoked by UCF, but Oklahoma State has played much better the second half of the season than when we played them. Um, and yeah, I just, until this team proves that they can beat a good team, I'm not going to like say that they're going to beat a good team. I, I also think that Kansas State, um, is probably a, a rough matchup for us. I think Will Howard's good and they're, they're playing very well as a team. And I just think
0: mm. that
1: with the circumstances that happened this last weekend, I, I do think we're going to come out a little flat and we can't play catch up either. I'd love to be wrong. Th- that's just my, like you said, uh, it's just kind of how my stomach's talking to me. And
0: yeah. maybe we're setting ourselves up really well here. You know, both of us are predicting a loss. I don't know if that's happened yet this year. So, well, you no, always I predict it, a win. Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> God <laughs> dude, I've been holy shit. i I, I would say it would be 11-0 not in a lot I had college a football
1: season. playoff if if Mason's predictions were always right.
0: I did predict a loss against Oklahoma, but I <laughs> and Iowa, I predict, yeah, we no, both, I, we
1: both did say they are gonna lose. Well, actually, no, you didn't. you you reversed chorus once
0: Hakeem was on and was drinking the kool-aid. Dude, I, I have been drinking. Yeah, I know. That's that's a good way to put it. I've been drinking all the Iowa State Kool-Aid this season. Um, you know, This this is good. We're both predicting a loss. I will say, I think because of this past game, it's going to, if anything, light a fire under our ass. And I don't think we're going to come out flat. Um, I don't think we're going to win, but we'll see. We
1: will see. We will see. What, we, what's we, your we... score
0: prediction? 21-17. What's yours? Oh yeah, 3110. 31 3110. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. Well, farm again, if you guys are going, cheer very loud. Try and um equal the playing field as far as crowd noise. Um, talk ball a little bit. I'll be honest. Still just a highlights guy. I'm not gonna watch the games until well, I guess DePaul's v- I'll, 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 I'll. VCU.
1: VCU yeah. nights.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not DePaul. Turn, VCU. Some sort
1: of tournament. Yeah.
0: Like that one ESPN. will be fun. Yeah. And I so. will raise my hand and say I, I I'm watching that game. Are you proud of me?
1: Nice. Nice. I will raise my hand and say that. Well, it's on Thanksgiving. Exactly. Are you going to watch it instead of football?
0: Yeah. Two
1: TVs, two TVs. OK. All right. Yeah. You gonna watch it instead of eating some food and I don't think I'll be able to watch it now. Honestly, I realize it being on Thanksgiving, I'm going to be over at people's place. It's always really hard to, especially out here in Pittsburgh, to be like, hey, I'm going to put the Iowa State game. You guys care if I put the Iowa State game? like because everyone's (laughs) like, the fuck is Iowa State? I still get half the time they're like, hey, how'd Iowa do? And then I just like sit there and like look at them like I just look at them like so that they know they mess up. And then I go state like, as a question, i like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Iowa State's doing pretty well. If you want to know also how Iowa's doing, they're somehow winning every game against the Big Ten West because the Big Ten West is garbage. But whatever. Don't have to get into that. We're not talking Hawks today. But yeah. um, So it's always hard to be like, hey, can can we throw this on? Um, unless it's at my place, which then obviously Iowa State just would be on. But out here in Pittsburgh, it's, it's not like, oh, if you're in the Midwest with your family or people around you that also pay attention to
0: iowa state so man well uh we dominate. who i don't even know who we played last grambling state i mean it's it's led by terrence lewis do you remember terrence lewis yeah i do he was a good player yeah he's transferred a lot yeah he has (laughs) yeah i mean he's now at grambling state i mean it's i feel like it's a little cheap to talk these games honestly that that's kind of why It's impossible to get into the season unless we're losing. Then you're kind of feeling a little hopeless going into all of it. But we're winning these games by a huge margin. Um, You know, if you're going to take anything to analyze out of these games, um, Milan is still shooting above 50% from three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, We're winning exactly like you would want to see a ideally top 25 team to win so i I don't know if we're ranked in the top 25 ap ap's been hating us lately but we're winning off of a convincing margin um not much to take from it aside from yeah this is exactly how you want it to go so it'll be a good test this upcoming week against vcu um and i'll have probably more to say then is that fair yeah
1: um i would say we're winning by a convincing margin if you would agree that winning by an average of 44 and a half points right now is a convincing margin. I don't know. Is that good? When I think 40, that's good, 44 and a half points. Um, yeah, I mean, some of my, most teams don't I, even score 44 against Iowa state. That's true. That's actually very true. Um, green Bay and Grand Bank state actually, well, Gre- green Bay scored exactly 44 points, but they didn't score 44 and a half. So
0: Hey, shout out green Bay
1: point stands. Um, yeah, I mean, Grambling State, we were up 41-8 to eight at one point, I believe. Um, if that gives you any context as to how the game was.
0: <laughs> and That was when we got that technical foul. I, again, yeah. I didn't
1: see the game. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> uh,
0: who was? I think it was Keyshawn Gilbert just threw it down and basically did a pull-up on the rim, called him on a technical as we were up 41-8. <laughs> Not bad.
1: Not bad. Um, and Not then bad. Your, your weekly Ken Palm update. Iowa State has moved all the way up to 13, started the year 30th, I believe. And we are second in defense behind Houston right now. Um, So Ken Palm loves us. That's always great. The committee likes to use Ken Palm as one of their, uh, you know, determiners for seed. So the AP poll can kick rocks as long as we're doing well in Ken Palm, which I expect us to because this defense is elite. And Tame and is just a fucking beast. If you like good guard play... He made
0: a couple more threes. And continue to play and grow. Sorry, you just cut out very... Um, I didn't hear a single word you just said. You, I just missed the past 10 seconds of what you said. I said
1: Tame and Lipsy
0: was our... Leading scorer. And
1: if you like good guard play, it will continue to be a, a fun year to watch him play.
0: Um, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Good. The year of Taman Lipsy. I I hope you're right. I, it's looking good. He, he's already showing quite a bit of improvement. So it'll be a fun week of Iowa State sports. VCU. Um, K-State. Please cheer them very loud and hard if you are going to Farmageddon um gosh i don't think i have any more points i need a little bit of a somber episode i can't lie i don't think this one was our best one yet
1: um no i, I think it's know a
0: what?
1: i actually it i think it, was our best our best one one <laughs> it is definitely yeah. our best one yet. Honestly. yeah honestly
0: this one was definitely our best one yet
1: oh uh, yeah You're not going to, I'm not going to Dead air. I know. Dead air. Dead air.
0: Dead air. air. All right. Well, if you made it this far, thank you for tuning in. Head on over to BNC this weekend or anytime this week. They have daily deals. So head on over there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever you feel like it. And, of course, we will be back next week to talk about the K-State game, maybe preview more of the basketball season. We will have some special guests coming on, which will be exciting to catch up with them. And without further ado, thank you guys for tuning in. Roll clones. Roll clones, baby.